Welcome to the Urban to Country Podcast, where we talk to outdoor enthusiasts about life, hunting, and how to make every day epic. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the Urban to Country Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm reaching back into the archives for a conversation that I had with my wife, Anna, about a year and a half ago. In this conversation, we tackle how to balance hunting and relationships. For a lot of us, hunting takes up a lot of time, and it can be something that maybe our friends or our significant other isn't into. And so how do we balance those relationships with the ones we care about the most with a passion that means a lot to us and that is part of our identity? So on this episode, we talk about how we do that, and hopefully you can take away some tips and tricks for how to do that in your own life. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Urban to Country podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are and just your background so that people know where you're coming from when you answer these questions. So as Marcus mentioned, my name is Anna and I grew up in Helena and Montana and um, my whole family, um, all the men in my family grew up camp- hunting, camping as well, but hunting. So I was very familiar with, um, you know, hunting season and hunting gear. And um, when I met Marcus, he was, as you know, if you're following him, he was not a hunter. And I was not expecting us to have, to be a hunting family. And um, I should preface it with, this uh, by saying that Marcus hunts different than I grew up seeing my family hunt. Um, he's a more of an endurance hunter, I would say, and which means that he tends to be out a little bit longer. Um, he. I don't just. I'm not just doing it for the food. You mean right? right. Yeah, and you're not just truck hunting. Which if you do that, that's cool. Like everyone does it differently. Um, but for other significant others out there, you might get what I'm throwing down in that Marcus tends to do a lot of hunting and he's gone a lot in, uh, during different hunting seasons, which I'm learning is all year round. There is something to be hunted. So, <laughs> um, right now it's turkeys, right now it's turkeys and then bear and then it never ends. There is no end. Ladies or men out there, if you are supporting a female hunter, you feel my pain. Um, so, yeah, I grew up around hunting. I, I do work in tourism and... What do you do for fun? Um, for fun, I do um, aerobic dance. It is like my go-to thing. It's total stress reliever and it makes me happier and fills my soul. So that and home decor and spending time with uh, people I love. So that's me. Okay. Yeah. So what did you think initially? What did you think when I said, hey, I want to start hunting? I know there's probably not, or maybe there is. Was there a specific moment or did it kind of sneak up on you? And what did you Mm -hmm. think as that was all happening? Well, the first hunt I remember you going on was with, we weren't, living back in Montana yet and we were up visiting family and Marcus accompanied my brothers for a hunt and you he didn't you didn't have a license but you just accompanied and helped yeah clean out the animals and um I think I remember thinking 
um, well, I was, I was curious at how you would enjoy that experience because you had never, you know, experienced that before and, um, wondering if you would like it or if you would be grossed out by it or, yeah, just, I, I was, I guess more so curious. I didn't expect you to pick it up, definitely. And, um... So I think when we moved back and you did pick it up, it surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially that you, I mean, the commitment that you put into archery, like that has been, like that oh, has really hours. impressed me, but yeah. Oh, thank you. Really impressed me? Yeah. Really impressed me? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's been the biggest adjustment then as I've mm-hmm. gotten into this? Don't take this the wrong way. No, I want candid. Okay, the biggest adjustment, the cost of hunting. It's expensive. It is expensive. And I don't love venison, so which is kind of blasphemous. uh, (laughs) I don't. I mean, I I like elk, but I, I still... I shouldn't say this, but I still would rather have beef than elk, than deer, than bear, than bison. And and I don't know if that's that I grew up on venison, so so for me, like beef is such a treat and um so it's a hard justification for me when I see the expense and I prefer different meat, but that in the same breath, I appreciate though that our freezer is full and I appreciate I can appreciate that you feel ownership in, in filling it and and in having those experiences filling it. But that has been a big adjustment for me. So you, you talk about how it was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. How do you think, do you know specifically how you made that adjustment or was it something that happened over time? How did you come to terms with With the cost with of hunting? Maybe just me hunting in general. But yeah, tie, tie the cost in there. Well, I think, so I I think the two, I didn't mention this before, but I think another challenge um, to adjust to with hunting is time spent. Because especially in Montana, the fall is beautiful. I mean, September, and we don't have kids. I mean, September is a great time to travel in the Northwest region, and I just want to go, especially because all the kids are back in school, and it's prime time for, you know, two people to go and get good rates when traveling, and... So that's an adjustment for me too, is the time and losing flexibility in those fall seasons. But with that, to answer your question, how have I adjusted? Or have you? I don't know that I have totally. I think, and the other spouses out there, like you might agree, it's one season at a time, right? Um, And I think you've been really good at being, I mean, we've worked harder to find a balance of money spent like your allowance money and family money. <laughs> My spending money. Your spending money on the sport, you know, like, because it's hard when, um, you know, when your hobby is also you're providing your food. So is it a grocery expense? But it's, I right. mean, like, like prepackaged meat in the store to meat harvested in your fridge is, especially if you're not just out. Um, you know, truck rifle hunting one and done. Yeah. Like, 
there is a different expense to it. And so um, I think that's where you find the hard balance of money invested into the hobby, but it's also a hobby that's a livelihood, that's a way of life more than a livelihood, and that's, um, yeah, so I think that's hard, but I think that we're finding a better balance. Yeah. And I will say to Marcus's credit, he's not one who will just go out and be like, hey, babe, I got a new bow today. And hey, babe, I got a whole new, like, set of psychic gear today. Like, Not all I, the time. I appreciate that he doesn't do that. I mean, then again, we always joke about how if we were to uh, compare my TJ Maxx purchases. But, <laughs> but there are little nuggets here and there, you know. But So I think that's something that we're continually... Yeah. I think it is growing a Growing and learning and... Yeah. I think any hobby yeah. is that way. Like I, like, I could take hunting and I could spend thousands of dollars easily a year. You could take any one of your numerous hobbies and spend thousands. <laughs> Traveling. <laughs> yes. yeah. But I think, I think for me, and I'll just speak for myself, the thing that I've done is I try to ask myself, and I'm not really good at this all the time, but I try to ask myself, what's what's the more important thing in this moment is is it going out and, and hunting and sometimes you know you you've got a you've got your interest in your hobbies and so sometimes yeah that's that's the answer but for example yesterday i went hunting from about five until two so eight nine hours and at that point i said i said okay i've spent my time on me today, the rest of the time is us time. And so I think, you know, making those boundaries and identifying where you can make the time together, I, I think that's helped us. And it's, yeah. it's made it so that hunting hasn't become something that you hate, mm -hmm. but something that we work into our life. I would agree with that. And actually thinking about it, I think about the first couple seasons that you hunted and you weren't terribly considerate about things that I wanted to do, like yeah. I was talking about in the fall. But now we sit down, and you are better about that, um, about compromising, and we'll sit down and have a family calendaring session, and I'll say, this is like September 14th or whatever, and I really want to go to it. Like This one's really important to me. Yeah. And Marcus will work it around his schedule and be like, okay, then I'm going to go out um, Monday and Wednesday nights after work, and I'm going to go hunting during the week then instead of that week. Or so we've, yeah. or I'll work some longer shifts and flex my schedule. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky enough to be able to flex your schedule, that's awesome, and that's a good way to to work around that and make mm -hmm. time for the family. But I I had forgotten about that. But yeah, that was one way I think that we've definitely yeah that both of us have learned how to communicate better about it and compromise together. Yeah. And that's really what this is. I mean, it's learning how to to balance that time and to compromise. And I think you're right. I was really bad at the beginning because I was so excited and I wanted to spend every single moment. And now I've also identified like when it's actually effective <laughs> to be out <laughs> hunting. And I don't spend two days in the pouring rain like what? trying to find elk. When... Isn't that prime time though? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs> But, you know, you'll find, you'll find that balance and that rhythm. And I think the biggest thing is just communication and um, making sure that you put your family first and that 
you know, you, you do still find time for yourself, but you put your family first and remember that, um, you'll still be able to find time for hunting and, and those things will come. So what advice would you give to the ladies or men, whoever it is, if their significant other is out hunting, what, what have you kind of, how do I want to ask you this question? How have you made effective use of that time? So that, not that you are the type of person that would just sit at home pining for me, but... <laughs> okay. But do you, do you understand what I'm I trying to ask? Like, what would you, how do you make sure that that's effective time for you? Yeah. Um, so I should preface this, and I think by now you've gotten the gist that I am, um, you know, like I am, I have a strong personality and I have... Um, you are a delicate wallflower. <laughs> not even. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, woohoo, like Anna time. And um, honestly, and some of you out there may agree with this, it's an adjustment at the end of hunting season to have you back and be like, oh, you mean I don't get a whole day to myself now? <laughs> Again, we don't have kids. So for yeah. us, I mean, for me, it's a different thing because it's not, I mean, if we had kids I can imagine me feeling frustrated with carrying more of a, a child load on those weekends or on those days or whatever it may be um but since that's not the case for me that's just me time and so gosh that's just become a part of so many of my Saturdays so I have my things that I do you know I'll, I'll take myself out to brunch or I meet a friend for brunch or um I'll go hiking or I'll go like, you know, that I just use that as me time. I do have to be cautious though of, I mean, and this is, I mean, this is pretty blunt, but like I have to be cautious of not taking, making all of your hunting time, house cleaning time. Because I find then that when Marcus gets home and wants to play that I, or that, yeah, he wants to play and I've spent all day cleaning, I've found like, wait a second. Like, I just busted my buns all day, and, like, you need a vacuum, and you need to scrub toilets, and you need, like, you need to share the load, and so I have to... And I'm like, I just want to spend time with you. (laughs) So I have to be cautious of, like, when you say, like, how am I using that time to make sure it's effective? Well, like, how do you qualify what effective is? Um, But I think, like, if you're using that time to do something that fills you, that, that helps you be mindful, that takes you to, that fills your cup... How am I doing that at the same time? And, I mean, not always does that work to both be filling your cup at the same time. So, yeah, sometimes I'm going to do some chores, and sometimes I'm going to run errands, and then I'm going to go to my um, aerobic dance class, and then I'm going to go to a market or something, or, you know, something like that. But um, I think it's... um, I think it's important to, again, like what we've been talking about, find that balance... I would not recommend spending the whole time your partner is hunting cleaning because that does not end well for anyone. <laughs> and that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Is that when when your significant other is out there doing their thing or when you're out there doing your thing, really encourage the other person to be using that time for their hobbies and exploring themselves. And I think yeah that I think that in the last year as you started doing that more, yeah. it's made our relationship better 
Yeah. Um, which is weird because we're apart, we're not together, but you're you've got that time mm -hmm. to work on you and to do the things that you enjoy. Yeah. And then we both feel like we're we're getting something from that time versus I know initially like mm -hmm. you really like to clean on Saturdays. I and do. you would take those Saturdays or those weekends or whatever mm -hmm. and you would do like chores that we could have done together. Yeah. And I really liked that you've taken that time to go and kind of take care of you and to do yeah. fun things for yourself. But that only works if then you actually help me, right? Right. Like, yeah. And that's... I mean, because if I'm going to delay certain things or certain projects and think, oh, we can do this together, we can dominate this project in the house together, like, in turn, your partner needs to support you, right? Yeah. And so it's... And that's something I mean, we're still working on. Right? Like, hunting season doesn't mean Marcus gets four months off of chores right. and laundry folding and, you know, grocery shopping. Like, no, that means he's going to have to... No, but that like yeah. that means during the weeknights that he has to be a little bit more intentional with his time and be more helpful in the house because he's going to be gone all weekend. So I think in that way, you're working on that I and am. you've gotten better at that too. I am. Yeah. I'm not a huge tour person, so <laughs> We're, there's a lot of growth happening here. <laughs> Hunting has saved our lives. <laughs> what? Uh, so my other question that I... I wanted to ask you is you talked about how you don't absolutely love the the fruits of hunting that venison is okay. kind of a challenge for you how and I know we've we've worked on some new recipes or things but how have we kind of worked through that because mm -hmm. that will be if you if you have a if you start dating someone or marry someone who's a hunter or if your significant other all of a sudden starts hunting and you're introduced to wild game for the first time, that will be more than likely an adjustment. So yeah. how did you kind of adjust to going back to that? Well, I don't, I can't say that we, I ever left eating okay. venison. I think I just introduced other things. But when we were in college... Even in college, though, it was like five we had family help us, like family help stock our freezer with venison sometimes. Did we? Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't as much as we have now, but... So I would say in college we probably had more of a mix of foods, but including lots of ramen. <laughs> lots of ramen. <laughs> like, fancy ramen with venison. Yes. And frozen um, peas. <laughs> um, no, what was... Um, how have I adjusted to yeah. it? Well, what are some things that you've liked that we've done to try to make it more enjoyable? Well... <laughs> if there's anything. Well, no, like, if, no offense, and I know this is not going to start with that, but you've learned how to cook meat better, too, and so... It's true. And no, not... It doesn't need to be 180 <laughs> degrees to be done internally. Not to hate on anyone who's ever cooked meat medicine in my life, but your meat cooking skills have improved in general. Yeah. That includes chicken and beef. So, <laughs> um, I think it makes it tastier. Like, you know how... To season things better or tenderize things or, you know, different things. Yeah. That being said, there are certain... Like, Marcus had one mule deer two years ago that yeah. I basically... I didn't eat anything, any of. Like, even the smell of it cooking, there was something about that deer specifically that I could not stomach. Like, it just was so gross to me. Um, 
but your current deer, your, uh, he made an Italian sausage that's really awesome, and I really like that. So I think um, what I have found in general with venison, unless it's steaks, is... Um, like I can't just do like I can't just do ground sausage or or like sausage and eggs. That's hard for me. But if we're doing like a chili with a venison, I have a hard time tasting it, and it's really good. Um, so basically, anywhere that you would incorporate a hamburger, like even a, a venison meatloaf, is hard for me. So something a little bit more incorporated into the recipe, like a mm. venison lasagna, would probably be really good. We should actually make That's that. A good idea. That sounds good. That sounds really good. I want um, lasagna today. That sounds really good. We should make venison <laughs> lasagna. Um, and you have Italian sausage. I do. Nice. Yeah. So, so I think that's helped me, is incorporating it more. And yeah. we still eat other meat. I mean, we still eat fish. Yeah. We still eat chicken. We still, um, well, we never buy beef. But, yeah. yeah, we'll still eat it. A couple of good resources if you're wondering, like, how to cook your wild game better. Um, if you check out Steven Ranella with Meat Eater, he does a lot on how to cook it. And he talks about how to get rid of that, that wild game flavor. Another person you can check out is John Dudley with Knock On TV. He does a lot of barbecue with his, his wild game, and it's really good. So check out those guys. I believe it's knock on tv on facebook and i forget what it is on instagram but if you just look up knock on tv or john dudley that's the one and then meat eater with for steven ranella is a really good resource if you're trying to figure out how to cook it and we're gonna do some cooking uh stuff on the youtube channel so if we do do the lasagna we'll put it on there um <laughs> is there anything else you want to add any other final thoughts for this um I think a question for you would be, because oh. uh, you've asked me all the questions. Swapping roles here, okay. Yeah. No, um, how, as a hunter, and as a new hunter, bringing hunting into an existing relationship, um, what is something that I have improved on, or like a way that I've improved, um, and a way that I could improve? Mm. Like, how can I be... Yeah, no, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think one of the things that I really appreciated was the... Well, two things. One, you've become much more educated on why hunting is important, not just to me, but in general. So you've really got what I would say is a pretty good grasp on things like the conservation part of hunting mm -hmm. and the wild game management and also the land conservation aspect. And you also understand kind of the, um, the, like, like the emotional spiritual side of it mm -hmm. that really speaks to me. And so I think that's been really good. So do your research, kind of look into it yourself and see what it's all about. And that being said, you've helped me get that education, right? And that like, this is, I'm someone who grew up around hunting, and so that I've even learned from it since, learned more about hunting since you started hunting. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, partners take that opportunity to learn about it yeah. as well. And there's all different levels of hunting, which I've talked a lot about on the website and on, on the YouTube channel and, and all the social media stuff I put out. But there's different levels to hunting, and none of those are bad. Whether it's you do want to go out and just shoot a doe for some meat, or you want to have these 
adventures. I mean, that's a, a wide spectrum, right? And so wherever the person falls, just educate yourself on why they're doing it and, and why it's important to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that's made a big difference. The other thing that I think I really appreciated was when you came out shed hunting with me and kind of got an appreciation. And we went turkey scouting together. So those aren't like hardcore hunting experiences, but they were things that we could do together mm-hmm. and kind of enjoy. You kind of got an insight into yeah. why I enjoy it. Was, yeah. Would you say that's true? I would. And, you know, one thing in my introduction that I didn't share is that I, I mean, you probably picked up on this, but I'm not a hunter. And I took hunter safety when I was um, 14. And so I feel safe taking you in the field. So you feel safe taking me in the field. Um, I mean, I'm a Montana girl. I took hunter safety, but I've never been hunting. And I'm very comfortable with that. I don't feel any pressure to. I don't have any desire to. Um, I, uh, the, the idea of pulling the trigger is very uncomfortable for me. And also, I, I, it's not my hobby. So I, don't, I would rather not spend my weekend out doing that so let me interject with another question before i answer the second part of your question um would you be open to coming on more of an easy hunt i'm thinking i'm thinking specifically of one where we're pretty successful every time so without saying anything not that we don't trust you guys but it's super secret well i think that's best answered (laughs) So, I I'm not a. I mean, I eat meat, right? Right. But I don't like knowing where my meat comes from, <laughs> and like I I know where it comes from, right? Like I'm not an idiot, but I don't want to watch it like that. Like the same thing. If you've ever seen the um, documentary Food Inc., I couldn't eat chicken for like six months. It just killed me. And so, like <sighs> watching it die and like be processed like I loved anatomy like I dissected a cat in high school for heaven's sakes but I wasn't eating it you know like there's something I like I don't want to watch my food be processed and I, I but that being said I'm okay packaging the meat like once it's like off the animal and it's just a piece of meat like it's okay I'm okay with that and I help package and I've helped grind and whatnot but like I don't know I'm not comfortable with that quite yet. And I grew up around hunting. And so, like, if you are on this journey and you're just starting, like, it's okay to feel this way. I've I've been around hunting my whole life and I still feel this way. So, it's okay. And I knew the end. We've had this conversation. Like, we've talked about a lot of these things between us. But I wanted to bring that up to make the point that if you're whoever is is uncomfortable with an aspect of your new hobby, don't pressure them into it. Like... I I hope I don't put pressure on you to actually... Okay, so I don't put pressure on her <laughs> to come out and yes. watch me slaughter <laughs> poor innocent deer. Although, on our, fam- on our last family calendaring session, we were looking at, okay, this is what's coming up in July, August, and September. Okay, Labor Day weekend. It's opening weekend. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. You don't? I don't remember. Okay. And so I'm the one controlling, like, I'm the one entering the events on the family calendar, on Google Calendar, and I'm like, and Marcus says, 
Well, that's the day of uh, oh. the opening day of se- hunting season, and so the calendar item that I put is the day Marcus kills Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a. <laughs> Anna's a very tender-hearted person. Um, he has killed some Bambis. Uh, what? Wow. What? Wow. I'm just kidding. They've there, all been huge. There have been some small. There have been some small deer brought home. Yeah. Herd <laughs> management. It was all accidental. Not us. Never mind. I'm just gonna stop talking. Uh, she's she's This is going to be the last video I'm on. That's right. <laughs> my first deer and I, I still haven't done something on this. It was my first deer that I ever shot. It was really small. Like really small. So anyway. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, it, what, it's, it is what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. It's completely Anyways. legal, moral, and ethical. Yes. Where were we going with this? You were going to answer my second question. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of squirrels. So A little bit of technical difficulty. Um, we and ran so, out of juice. Yes. And so we're back, and I finished my drink while I was fixing stuff. So, uh, before we left off, we were talking about uh, your two questions. One was, what do you do well and then what would I have you do differently mm-hmm. as a supporter to a hunter right so I think I'm having a hard time thinking that because you you are really good <coughs> I think um oh, <laughs> <coughs> I really honestly can't think of anything you're you're really you're really good about um supporting me being gone and about me spending money on equipment and gear. Yeah, I can't really, I can't really think of anything that I'd want you to um, improve on. Okay. I think. Well, sweet wife of the year award. That's right. <laughs> Actually, so I think probably a year ago I would have said that I want would want you to come experience it with me just to kind of see where I'm coming from. But in the last six months, we've done that and you've done that and that I think has been huge Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah, good job thanks yeah (laughs) thanks for shooting the video with me this is a lot of fun um hopefully you guys have taken something from this and uh we hope you've been taking feverish notes 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 feverishly feverishly notes taking if you have any questions just put them in the comments below and I will uh, get back to you if you have any suggestions for future videos or things that uh, we could do with Urban Day Country to answer your questions and help you be uh, more successful, hit and us if, up. If you have any questions for me, I'm happy to answer them, yeah. too. Yeah. I've got you on speed dial, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not you. You guys don't have me on speed dial. No, we're not giving you a number. <laughs> Call for a good time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We but you know. can follow her. You can follow her, and yeah. So. No, if you need some like hunting season ideas, you know. Yes, ladies, strange lady travels on Instagram. Hit her up with any questions you got. I think we're gonna sign off. Okay. All right. Thanks, babe. Yep. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a great night. See ya. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you picked up a few tips on how to make sure that your relationships are thriving even during hunting season. If you enjoyed this episode, go on to your favorite platform and leave us a review. 
They help as I develop content for future episodes. Additionally, follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on everything that is happening in the urban to country universe. And until next time, make life epic.